Welcome to another exciting episode of Patanjali Yoga Sutra Commentaries by respected Dr. Chinmay Pandya. Each episode delves deep into a selected set of sutras, so be sure to follow along and remember to revisit any episode you may have missed. We hope you enjoy and do stay connected with DSVV by following our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages using the handle at DSVVOfficial. Pranams to everyone from Shanti Kunjaridwar, Deva Sanskriti Vishwadhyaya, Himalayas, India. Let us start with the recitation of the Gayatri Mantra. You all are aware of the significance of the Gayatri Mantra in the Vedic traditions. Gayatri being the power that guides us to the righteous path is one of those entities that has helped the humanity to take the right path all across the history of humanity. There is a wonderful saying that comes in the Puranas and it says Gataram Trayate Asmat Gayatri Tenagayate That power only by singing which you can take the right path and that path is the path of wisdom, vivek, dharma, nyaya, niti and sadachaya. Let's do the Gayatri Man together and those of you who can chant the Gayatri Man can join us in singing it. Om Bhur Bhuva Swaha Tat Savetur Varenyam Bhargo Devasya Dhemahe Dheyo Pranams to everyone and welcome again. We started to discuss the chapter 2 of the Patanjali Yoga Sutra, Sadhanapad. The first chapter was the Samadhi Pad, where the discussion about the end point of the yogic effort, Samadhi was taking place. And then came the question, that not everyone is as enlightened as the people that were talked about in the chapter 1. Chapter 1 was dedicated to those people who already had the Vairagya and that's why they needed nothing but the Abhyas. They needed the practice, they needed the preparations for uh, reaching to even a higher state of Samapatti and Samadhi. So Vyas asked the question that not everyone has got a stable calm and contented mind like the one discuss, being discussed in the chapter 1. What about those who have got the frickly state of mind? So then Patanjali answers by saying that for those kind of people there is a path of Kriya Yoga. They need a more action oriented approach. So the technique that is needed which is the sadhan and that technique with which this chapter starts is the Kriya Yoga. Tapa Swadhyay Shurpadindhanani Kriya Yoga. He says Kriya Yoga, Kriya Yoga, wherever the action is involved, you have got the Kriya Yoga. And this Kriya Yoga, what does it do? He asks the question that what is the purpose of the Kriya Yoga? How it would help me? So he says, Samadhi Bhavanartha, Klesh Tanu Karanarthasya, that it does two things. 
First, it helps to weaken the kleshas and by doing so, it helps the sadhak to attend the samadhi, which is the final frontier that a yogic sadhak or a yogic path seeker is trying to reach to. So he says, okay, now comes the bigger question. Kleshitanukarnarthasya. The purpose of the Kriya Yoga is to weaken the kleshas. Comes the question, what are the kleshas? Or what are kleshas? And klesh is a wonderful term in Sanskrit. It comes from a root word called klesh, from which the same word like klisht and a klisht came in the chapter 1. Ritteha panchatteha klishtaha klishtaha. And that klish would mean to trouble, to, to make somebody suffer, to inflict the injury, to give pain. And that's where the word klesh comes. That's why in Hindi, when, when we are using it, we can ask somebody like, why there is so much klesh in the life? When somebody is going through a period where life seems very difficult and hard and arduous and challenging and everything seems to be running in a very opposite direction. It seems like we are facing an uphill task. That time, this is a common metaphor to use in Hindi that there is so much klesh in the life. And that klesh means to give trouble because it is giving trouble to the chitta and not letting it realize its true and the real consciousness. So, natural question is, what are kleshas and how many of them are there? Patanjali answers in the verse 3. Shloka 3, he says, Avidya, Asmita, Rag, Dvesh, Abhinivesha, Panchak Klesha. That Avidya, Asmita, Rag, Dvesh and Abhinivesh. These are the five kleshas. In the original Yoga Sutra, sometimes it only says Avidya, Asmita, Rag, Dvesh, Abhinivesh, Klesha. But in the Vyasa Bhashi, he added Pancha Klesha to specify that there are five types of Klesha. Just like the chapter 1 is started by describing the five types of Vrittis, Vrittya, Panchatya, Klishtya, Klishtya, same here. It starts by describing five types of kleshas or five kleshas. What are they? Avidya, Asmita, Rag, Dvesh and Abhinivesh. And he would define them in the next verses. But before that, the question comes that what is the purpose of kleshas to be there? Why they are even there? If they are giving pain and if they are adding to the suffering, if they are troubling the chitta, basically they are there to deviate the sadhak from its own path of realizing the true consciousness. So why are they even there? Or what is their purpose to be there? And the purpose for them to be there is very simple. It does gunadhikara dradhyanti and paraspar anugraha. Two things kleshas do. Gunadhikara dradhyanti, that they are there to strengthen the force and effect of the gunas of Prakriti. We need to understand that. The gunas of Prakriti are satrajantam. We end up doing the karma even if we don't want to do the karma because of a communication taking place between two entities. Pravrittis of the chitta 
and gunas of the prakriti. Prakriti that surrounds me everywhere, that surrounds the purush. It's constantly approaching us through its gunas, sat, raja and tan. And these gunas when they are touching the, the purush, it is responding through its vrittis and their union is giving birth to the karma. Whichever way the gun has reached to me and I responded back, my response back has created a karma. And if the gunas of the prakriti become more and more strengthened, then I would end up doing even more karma. So what they do, these kleshas, they are the reason why we end up doing the karma. In some ways it is helpful, in some ways it allows the world to continue. Because world can only continue if everyone keep doing the karma. If everyone reaches to a nishkam state where we are not doing any karma, this whole spectacle or chaos, whichever way you see it, it would end immediately. There would be nothing beyond that because everyone has reached to a state of self-illumination where no karma is taking place out of the person because of any self-delusion. That delusion is gone, that wheel has been lifted, that confusion has been abolished. And if that confusion, if that conflict, if that kind of chaos has subsided, fine, then nothing can continue. So the purpose of kleshas to be there is to support the gunas and not only the gunas, paraspara nugraha, they also support each other. If avidya is there, asmita is likely to be there. Asmita is there, raga and dvesha are likely to be there. They are not only working to help the enemy, but they are also working to make the internal security weak. These are the kind of, you know, the entities which are not only helping to make our borders weak so that the prakriti's gunas can attack, but they are also helping the internal security system to be weakened by working in connection and mutual interaction with each other, paraspara nugraha. So the kleshas are there to help or rather force one to end up doing more karma. And Patanjali says they are five. Avidya, Asmita, Rag, Dvesh, Abhinivesha, Panchaklesha. Out of which comes the fourth verse. Avidya has got a very special entity. Avidya, Kshetram Uttaresham, Prasupta, Tanu, Vichinna Udharanam. That is the fourth verse and it's the most beautiful verse and most scientific one and probably would give you the best understanding of how our lives are being operated through a very mechanical process. If you can understand this verse, most of the problems of the life you would understand thoroughly. He says, avidya kshetra muttresham. Avidya, I am not translating it. Some people call it ignorance, some people call it delusion. There is no point of going into the English translations if you don't understand the concept and phenomena. It's important to understand the concept because even if I use a translation that is there in English and it's not the right translation, it's not the correct counterpart of what is being said, it would confuse you even more. So better is to stick to the right word which is avidya. Kshetram. Kshetra could 
possibly translated into something called as the field, like an agricultural field. That's why the word that we use for chitta in Sanskrit we call chitta bhumi. Bhumi means land. Mano bhumi, like land of the mind. We use and we use the karma as the seed. We say karma bij is lying in the chitta bhumi, it's lying in the mano bhumi. So he says avidya kshetram uttaresham. Uttaresham means once that would be described later on. All other kleshas that would come later on, asmita, rag, dvesh, they are growing in the field of avidya. Avidya is the breeding ground of all other kleshas that would come later on. She is the main reason. If avidya could be tackled, nothing else would grow. Without avidya, there is no sustenance for rest of the kleshas. They can only exist if avidya can exist. So he says, avidya kshetra muttaresham. Then comes the best part. If you can understand this one, everything, most of our questions of the life could be answered. He says, the breeding ground for the kleshas, which can exist in one of the four different forms. What are the different forms? Prasupta, dormant or sleeping. Tanu, weakened. Vichin, like intermittent. And Udar, like fully manifested. At any time in our life, we have got the circumstances. These circumstances are the birth product or byproduct of the karma that we did before. They are the one responsible for today's circumstances, today's life situation, social situation, whatever. And these karma, they were done because of the kleshas. The kleshas helped the prakriti's gunas to approach us and we ended up doing the karma. So, these kleshas could be in either of the four states. Or we can understand it in this manner that a klesh can exist in either of these states. There is nothing beyond that. First is the prasupt. The seed there could be lying in a very dormant form. Waiting sometimes for millions and millions of lives to fruition, to fruitify. It's just lying there, dormant. But once it gets the favorable conditions, you get a seed and if I put the seed here on the floor, it won't grow. It needs the land, it needs sunlight, it needs water, it needs manure. Once it gets all the favorable conditions, there is a chance for that seed to like, you know, erupt and give birth to plant and then onwards to the tree. That's the idea. A seed can turn into tree only through that process through the fruition, to the fruitification, and it can lie. So there are sanskars, there are like, you know, kleshas in our life, which would not affect a person for sometimes many lives. And then in one life, they erupt like anything because they got the favorable conditions. There comes a very beautiful story of a rishi, of a sage called Saubhari. If you have read the Durga Saptashate, in Durga Saptashate, one of the Vedic Sukta was written by Sabhari Rishi, great illuminated, enlightened being. 
he was said that he was sitting in a state of meditation for thousands of years, thousands of years. One day he opened the eyes and he saw. And because he wanted to reach to the final state of Samadhi, Nirbhid Samadhi, he wanted to cut all the threads that he has with this world and planet. He was sitting, it is said, submerged into the water where no physical activity could take place in front of him. And the legend is that he saw two fishes mating. And suddenly the seed that had been dormant for thousands of years, it erupted and he developed a desire to have a sensual pleasure. And moment he had the desire, because there was tap and the light and the bliss and punya of thousands of years, immediately the circumstances were created where he was surrounded by so many things that could satisfy his uh, sensual pleasure. All the tap. All the light was gone. That took thousands of years to develop because of the energy being wasted into these sensual engagements. And then Sobhri wrote a beautiful verse that he says, Aho imam pashyata me vinasha tapasvina sart charitravatasya. Look at me, how I destroyed just by a second of giving flow to that dormant seed that was lying sleeping for thousands of years. Look at me, how I destroyed myself. And that kind of destruction can take place uh, because seed is only dormant. Same that happens in our life. We sometimes go through like, you know, a phase in life where nothing is attracting us and then suddenly the impulses come, suddenly the urges come and people are actually like suddenly deviated, distracted to the path that they thought that they have left behind long time ago. Because suddenly a dormant seed has erupted into the udar. Udar means fully manifested klesh. So a dormant seed can develop into fully manifested and moment it becomes fully manifested the circumstances, the mindset, everything changes and we start acting accordingly. The person, like you know, if you look at the child, in the child, the, the seed of developing a relationship um, with opposite gender or things like that, they are not there, dormant. But moment it reaches to the teenage, moment it reaches to a certain age, that seed erupts. It changed from Pasupta to Udar. It changed from sleeping to fully manifested. And then again it starts, it goes into the dormant or sleeping form when it reaches to the older age or later age of the life. So he says a klesh could exist in these forms. It could be in a state of prasupta, sleeping, waiting to manifest. Tanu, it could be weakened. Like in a certain age of the life, the possibility uh, gets weakened. It's not died down. It's not gone, it's just weakened. It's like you have got somebody who has got not so much of wealth. He has got no possibility to waste the money. At that time, a clash in him or her of like wasting the money is in a very weakened state because the circumstances are not favorable. But give the same man the money, 
give him the lavishness and then you would know when the opportunity knocks that whether he is doing it because the clash is dormant or because it was waiting for the favorable, favorable condition to erupt. There comes an interesting story in this relation. There was a king and he went to the forest and he saw a farmer was taking a good sleep like you know in the uh, there was like you know very bad weather and he was lying on a rock and he was sleeping comfortably. So king, uh, the minister looked at the king and minister said that how can he sleep on such a like you know challenging terrain, how could he sleep there? And king said that only because he hasn't received the favorable conditions. Minister said, I don't understand. He said, okay, bring the same man to the mansion, to the king's palace. So that farmer was brought to the king's palace and king offered the best suite of his palace to the farmer. Now that farmer started to sleep there. A month went, he said, do nothing, just feed him, give him the nice food, let him sleep, enjoy, whatever he want to do, let him do there. One month went and now suddenly the king said that now change the sheet, like you know, rather than giving him the nicest sheet, give him the rough sheet. And the moment the bed sheet was changed, it became slightly rough. The farmer started to complain, he said, like, you know, why are you giving me the rough sheet? King said, look. He is the same person who was sleeping on the rock without a problem. There was thorns everywhere, there was bad weather and he could sleep like a baby there. And now he has got all the lavishness and only thing he can find to complain is that the sheet, the bed sheet is not as comfortable as it used to be while everything remains the same. It is because now the seed that was in dormant phase, it manifested and the moment it manifested now the things that he like you know he could bear before now he could not bear them anymore just think about our own lives there were times like you know when we had nothing and then suddenly when we have got the things we can find a reason to complain about other things because now that seed has fully manifested so he says prasupta tanu vichinna vichinna is intermittent intermittent means that if you have got one klesh, sometimes in full form, that time other kleshas could remain in a silent role. Does not mean that they have disappeared, just they are in a silent form. Say for example, a person developed a klesh of attachment to a person, rag is there. That time, he could easily ignore the mistakes of that person. When person is in love with another person, that time they don't see any mistakes in that person. They just actually accept every single fallacy of their life like anything. And the moment that changes, that attachment and that love has changed into envy and anger, that person has moved out of their lives, they can remember every single mistake that they did. It's just because this time it's a different thing. Just because Vyas uses a very interesting analogy for it. He says that just because X person is in love with the Y person does not mean that he has lost interest in the everyone else. He may develop interest in all other girls or equally the girls with boys later in the life. It's just at that moment that particular clash is taking place with a particular person.
with chin intermittent. So four different stages of the kleshas can take place. It could either remain in a dormant stage or it could fully manifest like udar, prasupt, sleeping, udar, fully manifested. Or it could be weak, tanu, or it could be vichin, intermittent, like you know now, but then maybe not for some other time. Vigyana Bhikshu in Yoga Vartik adds another category. He adds the category called Dagdabij. It's the destroyed seed. That there are certain that yogis with tapasya, they are able to destroy it permanently. But he said, even if it is destroyed, it should still be included in the category for academic purposes. Not for the sadhana purposes, because for sadhana purposes, that's been conquered already. That's gone. We have burnt it, destroyed it. However, for academic purposes, it shall still be counted called Dagdabij. So, third verse, he names all the kleshas, avidya, smita, rag, dvesh, abhinivesha, panchak klesha. Fourth verse, he says, avidya kshitram uttaresham, prasupta tanu vichin udaranam. He says, avidya is the breeding ground where all other kleshas are born and these kleshas could be in either of the following states. They could either be sleeping or they could be in a, a state of fully manifestation or tanu or vichinna. Now he starts to define all of them. Comes the definition of avidya first. He says anitya, ashuche, dukh, anatmasu, nitya, Shuchi, Sukh, Atmakhyatehe Avidya. Most beautiful definition that you would ever find of Avidya. Avidya, he says, Anitya. Let's go word by word. Anitya means temporary, transient, perishable. That's going to die. If not today, then tomorrow. That has got only certain time period. Anitya. Nitya means every day, anitya which cannot be every day. I am here today, I may not be tomorrow, I may be gone. Anitya. Ashuchi means impure. Dukkha means suffering, pain. Anatmasu, which is not mine. And then exactly opposite of them, nitya means permanent. Shuchi means pure. Sukha means happiness. And Atmakhyati means Truly me is avidya. What he is trying to say? He is saying, seeing purity in impurity, seeing permanency in something that is temporary, seeing myself where I am not like body and considering that is me, that is avidya. That delusion is avidya. And it is the best definition that could be there. Vyas says, everything that is not Vidya, is a Vidya. Wherever the realization, actualization, the actual sense of true self is not there, that is a Vidya. It is not only ignorance. It is the whole idea of I sitting here with an thinking that I am doing something. That is a Vidya. Because I am not even here. This body is here. This body that I started to believe that is me. Like Bhagwan Krishna, Lord Krishna says in the Gita, He says 
य एनम वेत्य हंतारम यशनम मन्यते हतम भौ तऊ न विजानी तो नायम हंते न हन्यते द वन हु इज किलिंग एंड वन हु इज गेटिंग किल्ड दे बोथ डोंट नो दैट सोल डाय ओनली बाय द डेथ ऑफ द बॉडी न जायते मृयते वा कदा चिन्नायम भूत्वा भवती वा न भूय अजो नित्यो शाश्वतो यम पुराणो न हन्यते अन्य माने शरीरे सेज दिस सोल इज अजो नेवर बॉर्न नित्यो ऑलवेज देयर शाश्वतो इटर्नल पुराणो वॉज द मोस्ट एंशंट न हन्यते हन्य माने शरीरे ओनली बिकॉज द क्लोथ दैट आई एम वेरिंग इज गॉन डजेंट मीन दैट आई एम गॉन ओनली द body that i was wearing for a certain time period is gone i will take another one that's it if the clothes are dirty and i am changing them doesn't mean that i have changed myself person inside remain the same only the clothes have changed only because your dress is changed doesn't mean that you are changed only dress is gone body is like a dress that we are wearing for a certain longer period and then one day it becomes old and when we just discard it and take another one so he says seeing permanency where actually it is only transient believing that this name that i am carrying chinmay pandya for this life believing that this is a permanent thing this is the self delusion anitya seeing the nitya nanit and he says shuchi in ashuchi where seeing the purity in the impurity the whole body is full of like you know the impurities just think it like this gurudev used to say very beautiful saying he said that if you ever feel distracted by the sensual pleasures just think that underneath this 1 mm of skin there is a, a skeleton there is nothing but the excretions everything that we are filled with the blood and all other things we won't even stand like in one minute with the fecal matter and everything else that we are carrying in deep inside us even we would not spend one minute with them if they are not inside the body only because they are inside the body we find them of value and worth otherwise there is of no use it's just impurity that is there unclean and seeing the sukh happiness where there is a whole series of endless suffering one after another that is there if you look at the fish fish is not actually running for bait it is running for the food but what it gets is the bait same as with us we are running after one after another sensual pleasure with the idea that we would get the happiness here no never there it's just one after another people who have just actually been uh, on the tormenting end in a relationship they immediately run for another one thinking that we would get the happiness here it's just the same sukhate kriyate rama bhoga pashya dant sharire roga shankaracharya saying that they all start with a hope and excitement and end with disappointment and rejection there comes a very interesting story of a king who was the disciple of dattatre famous sage in india 
but he lost he lost his uh, way of living and he became so much attached to the materialistic pleasures that the guru had to come himself to guide him to the right path but he didn't come in his true form he came he changed his attire came like a madman and went to the throne of the king and sat there so the moment king saw him jivaketu was his name who was the disciple of dattatre who was sitting in a like you know a tire of a madman on his throne moment he saw he became so angry he said oh who are you sitting on my throne just get out of here so he said this throne belongs to you dattatre asked his disciple who could not realize that it was his guru he said this throne belongs to you he said yeah of course it's mine he said was it always yours he said no 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 it was of my father he said before that my grandfather before that is a great grandfather he said then thing that comes and goes to different people if you think that belongs to you isn't it stupid he said don't you think it's idiotic to believe that it would remain with you forever he said you are here in a bed and breakfast that's it you are only here in a hotel that you call as your body one day the check out notice would come and you would have to depart he said then what are you taking with you and moment he said that the king realized that i am trying to look for permanency in something that is temporary trying to find imperishable in something that is perishable cannot happen he says that time he realized that the path of life is not outside but inside so patanjali says this is it we are trying to look for permanency in temporary things trying to look for happiness in the things that are born to give the sufferings and pain we are trying to look for purity in the things that are impure and we are trying to find ourselves where we are not this body what we are is actually in underneath so first he gives the definition of avidya second is asmita so he defines the asmita he says drik darshan shakti ekatmameva asmita drik means power to see darshan means instrumental power of seeing shakti means power ekatma mev making them as one is asmita this concept of i comes from here the idea of the sankhes that i am i means purush in this sense where i am talking is immutable it is pure full of light and bliss it is devoid of any impurities but the prakriti has approached the purush so that it can give birth to the sansar and the first prakritic layer that surrounds me is the buddhi intelligence and the role of the buddhi is like this glass that i have got in front of my eyes it helps me to see what is happening around but a time comes where i forget that glass is only outside and it becomes part of my personality 
it is inseparable from me. I start to confuse buddhi as me. Buddhi becomes my identity. Whatever it is bringing to me, I become so enmeshed with it that I cannot separate myself from what I see. The doer becomes involved into the what is happening around, into the scenery. Just like people go and watching the cinema, they become so involved that they forget it's something happening only in the screen. They, they start to cry when, the, when like, you know, tragic scenes are coming. They start to feel part of the like, you know, chase and excitement when the scenes are coming like that. Same thing happens in our life. We forget that we are here only as an audience. It is happening only outside, not inside. But the outside starts to affect the inside because this separation between the Purush and Prakriti is gone. It becomes one. I start to feel that this all is me. And the moment that separation is gone, Asmita has taken place. So he says, Avidya, Asmita, Rag, Dvesh. They both can be understand, although there are two different verses, but they can be understand together. He says, Sukhanushai Raga, Dukhanushai Dvesha. Anushai means consequence. Raga is the consequence he is defining. Sukhanushai Raga, he says, Raga is the consequence of searching for happiness. Wherever we think that we can get happiness, we start to develop a desire to have it. And that desire is the rag. That kind of attachment is rag. Dukkhanushai dvesha. Dvesh is the consequence of searching for sadness. That we are getting either of them. One is jealousy, one is the attachment. And how? What is the central kind of ingredient behind them is memory. You need to have a memory that this thing gave me the happiness and excitement before. There are things that we had in this life which makes us attached to a particular thing in this life. But there are also the things that we feel attached to even if that is the first time we are seeing them because of the memories of previous words. At that time, it led us to have an attachment. And that kind of memory that is deep inside our chitta or in the manobhumi, in the form of a karma bij, it makes us to give the false impression. Yeah, here we can have the attachment, or here we can have the dvesh, here we can have the jealousy. So they are interrelated. Interrelated in the sense that avidya is the breeding ground in which. Asmita is taking place. In the breeding ground first came the illusion and this illusion gave birth that I and the surrounding things are the same gave birth to the concept of I-ness. Moment I have developed a sense of the self which is the original sin I have created then what I need after committing the original sin, uh, sin I need something to satisfy my ego. If I want it for myself, it is rag. And if I think others should not get it, it is dvesh. Simple. If I think only I should have it, it is rag. If I think no one else should have it, it is dvesh. 
because that I am jealous to them. Because I created a boundary for myself, I created the boundary for others. So, avidya, asmita, rag, dvesh. These are the ones that he talk about. That's why Bhartrihare. There comes a very beautiful story of Bhartrihare in this relation. Bhartrihare was a very famous sage and before that he was a king. And he was the brother of Vikramaditya. Vikramaditya was again one of the greatest kings India ever had on, on whom the Indian calendar Vikram Samvat was started. And the story is of Bhartrihare. One day a sage came and he gifted a, a wonderful item to Bhartrihari and said that gift it to someone that you love the most. Bhartrihari loved a lady called Pingala. So he gifted it to Pingala. Pingala was in love with another man called Chandrachur. So she gave it to him. Chandrachur was in love with another lady. So he gave it to her. And that woman actually loved Bhartrihari, the king. So he gave it back to Bhartrihari. Now Bhartrihari was confused, he thought, I gave it to Pingla, how come it came through this route? And then he investigated and realized that this was happening. So immediately there came a thought of renunciation in his mind. He left all the kingdom and he went by saying three famous uh, statements. He said, shame on me that I thought there would be love somewhere. Shame on you because you also thought the same. You also were thinking that he is loving me, she is loving me and you all had the same delusion. And shame on everything else where we continue uh, believing this delusion which gives us nothing but the suffering. So his younger brother then went to persuade him that he should return. And he said a famous statement to him. He says, Bhoga na bhukta vayameva bhukta. These desires never end Vikram. They just continue. Bhoga na bhukta vayameva bhukta. We think that we are enjoying the bhogas. We are enjoying like you know sensual pleasures. But it is reverse. They are enjoying us. Because our life is going, our energy is going, our health is going. And at one point nothing is left. They have eaten us rather than we eating them. We think that we are enjoying them or we are cherishing them or we are exploiting them. But they are exploiting us. He said, Bhoga na bhukta vayameva bhukta. Tapo na tapta vayameva tapta. Kalo na yato vayameva yata. Trishna na jirna vayameva jirna. Trishna, a desire to have more and more. It never gets old. You would have the same kind of desire when you were four year old and you would have the same at the age of 82, only the names would be different. A four-year-old would be running behind the toys. Thirty-year-old would be running after Ferrari. Just the name is different. It's a different kind of toy. But the same thing is there. He says the desire to have it, a kind of feeling where you think that something else could satisfy me, that is Trishna. Just the names are different. An elderly man probably had a different kind of Trishna. But it is there. And they never get old, he said. They are the same from the birth of this planet or the genesis. Only we become old and we die. So he said the only thing that is worth having is inside. So that is the avidya, smita, rag and dvesh. Then comes the last one. Last one, Patanjali 
places in a very special category. He says, Swarashvahi Vidushoape Tatharudaha Abhinivesha. Swarashvahi means self-fulfilling. It doesn't need like Asmita and Raga and Dvesh because they are interconnected. It is self-fulfilling. Vidushoape, even the wisest have it. Tatharudaha Abhinivesha. It's the self-proclaimed Abhinivesh. Abhinivesh means a feeling that I am never going to die. It's a feeling inside everyone where we think a desire to continue, do more and more. And it is there, he says, in the smallest insect, it is afraid of dying. To a child who has not even started, you have got a, a clinging to the life feeling. That is the Abhinivesh, that clinging to the life that I should continue. And I am going to continue. That feeling is there. There comes a famous story in the Mahabharata of Yudhishthir meeting a Yaksha. And Yaksha asked him a question. He said, what is the biggest wonder of this planet? What is the biggest one? What is the biggest one? And Yudhishthir said, biggest wonder is that everyone is dying, but we continue to think that I am going to live forever. <laughs> that is the biggest wonder. How could we continue having this delusion? This is the biggest one. So all together are the Panchaklesh. He says, Avidya, Asmita, Ragadvesha, Abhinivesha, Panchaklesha. He names them. Their purpose is, they strengthen the gunas of the prakriti and they work paraspar anugrah in the mutual support of each other. And avidya is the breeding ground. Avidya kshetram uttaresham, fourth verse, prasupta tanu vichinudaranam and could be in four different states, dormant, weak, fully manifested, intermittent. What is avidya? Anitya, ashuchi, dukkha, anatmasu. Nitya, Shuchi, Sukha, Atma Khyate, Avidya, where it is not permanent, but seeing it is permanent. Where it is only the impurity, but seeing it is purity. That kind of delusion is Avidya. Drikha Darshan Shakti Ekatma Ve Asmita, mixing the two together is the Asmita. Sukhanushai Raga, Dukhanushai Klesha. The consequences of running after happiness and sadness are rag and dvesh. And Swarasvahi Vidushope Tatharudaha Vinivesha. Avinivesh is self-fulfilling. It is there. All other can take place in this life. Asmita, we create a new in every life. I created a new concept of I-ness in this life because I am carrying a name that I would uh, like, you know, leave after this life. Chinmay. So everything related to Chinmay has been created in this life. Next life I would be something else or before I was something else. And if I would be something, somebody, some other entity, then I would create a new Asmita in that life. But Abhinivesh is permanent. It continues. It is flowing inside. How they could be countered, he will talk about in the next verse. Today we end here. And uh, uh, the Panchakleshas were discussed, their definitions were discussed in today's discussion. Thanks for patiently listening. We end by doing the Shanti part. Om Deo
शांते पृथ्वे शातेराप शातेषधय शाते वनस्पत शातिर्विश्वेव शातिर्ब्रह्म शाते शाते शातेरव शाते शातेरधे शाते 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 सर्वाष्ट सुशातिरु हमारे YouTube चैनल शांति कुंज वीडियो गायत्री परिवार को सब्सक्राइब करें एवं बेल आइकन जरूर दबाएं ताकि गायत्री परिवार की विभिन्न गतिविधियों की जानकारी आपको मिलती रहे